What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Tulsa Lately. I'm your host, Mike, and this is the show where I ride around and talk to the various businesses, organizations, and sometimes just cool people that make green country interesting and awesome. For those listeners that have been around for a bit, I've got a fun announcement today. Over the past few weeks, I've been coordinating with someone who has actually founded their own local podcast network. How cool is that? It's called Channel 4.5. They've got their own app called the Sounds Tooth. Sounds Tooth. And yeah, it's got all their local shows on there. A lot of funny stuff, a lot of informative stuff. It's really cool. I, I, I feel so honored to be a part of all this. I'm super excited. They said that I could retain full creative control and they wouldn't tell me who to talk to or who not to talk to, which I'm all for. So basically, this show will continue going on as always. I'll just get a little bit more distribution. And that means that I might have some new listeners right now who saw my show appear in the app and said, Who's that guy? Who, what's he about? Well, I talked to awesome people and I've got 26 other awesome interviews before this one that it'd be a shame if you missed out on those too much good stuff. So go check those out if you like what you hear now, but enough of that. Today's episode, I spoke with the two guys who started the Tulsa Kendo Dojo. And for anyone who doesn't know what Kendo is, it's an ancient Japanese martial art that's rooted in the samurai culture that is basically keeping swordsmanship alive. So it's the most popular martial art over in Japan, but it's been gaining steam over in America. And these two guys have a great little operation going. It's nonprofit. We'll get into that. I'll let them explain it. Enough of me. Without further ado, enjoy. All right. So I am here with the founders of the Tulsa Kendo Dojo. Why don't you all introduce yourselves? Uh, my name is Michael Lindsay. And I'm Shaw Furukawa. And how long have you all been practicing kendo? Uh, I've been practicing kendo. Actually, we've both been practicing kendo since 2004. Mm -hmm. And how long has this dojo been in existence? This dojo has been in existence since 2006, where it started at the University of Tulsa. Oh, to you. Oh, cool. I live right around there. Um, So why don't you explain to the normies what kendo is? (laughs) Kendo is a way to discipline the human character through the principles and applications of the Japanese sword. Uh, it's a modern Japanese martial art, and it's easily explained as uh, Japanese fencing. Yeah. Okay. And is it in any way related to the tradition of the samurai? Absolutely. Yeah. The uh, the history of uh, kendo is pretty interesting. Um, I'm going to give you like kind of a lowdown, real quick, brief uh, history lesson about it. Um, starting in like the 17th century, this is kind of a period of time where it was uh, relatively peaceful and the samurai were kind of holding offices of uh, ser- like civil service and s- swordsmanship became really popular at that time. We had something around 700 different styles of swordsmanship. Much like in the West, uh, Japanese martial arts traditions, there are many different styles of it. So this was a period of time where there was a lot of uh, experimentation going on. Uh, new forms of training were becoming popular. The main thing that was really popular was sparring. So this thing we call bogu, which is the uh, armor that we wear now, was being developed at this time. Some schools would have like long swords, some would have shorter swords, some would have like really flexible ones. Some wouldn't even use the uh, bamboo swords that we use today. They use like oak and just really, really thick padding. (laughs) So uh, after that, we had like a modernization period of time. Um, this was like the late 19th century. Uh, swordsmanship became standardized, uh, integrated into the education system, as well as the Japanese police force. 
And this was, yeah, this was kind of like the development of what we see as kendo today. Um, it was, you know, taking all of these different schools of swordsmanship and uh, combining all of those different techniques and simplifying it into one kind of core curriculum that anyone could practice. Uh, during this modernization of this, this period of time, Japan went through uh, uh, the Meiji Restoration. So samurai caste was uh, uh, abolished, like caste systems were abolished. Can you really quick, what exact time period was, are we at right now? Uh, this is at 19, uh, sorry, 1860s. Okay, 1868. cool, okay. Um, mm -hmm. And you see the uh, abolishment of the samurai caste system, right? And they became natural citizens. So anyone could do kendo. Not, not just the samurai. And instructors were picked based on their you know, performance rather than social stature. And for a while, even then, it lost popularity yeah. for that reason. But then there was a resurgence yeah. as well. Kind and of because it was sort of made available to the masses. It didn't mm -hmm. have that same allure of being a relic of, of sacred. A relic of a bunch of people who were no longer in power. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. a really big contributor was uh, actually judo, which mm -hmm. is like a Japanese traditional jiu-jitsu or, or uh, um, uh, what's, what's his name, uh, Ji Kano, uh, Kano, Kano Jigoro, Jigoro yeah. sensei, who was the founder of judo. He pushed to have um, martial arts instituted into the education system. Uh, as the Jap Japan Japanese government had their first you know, formal modern government, uh, they wanted to also incorporate like physical activity that was Japanese, kind of like, you know, culturally Japanese, okay. that we integrated into the, the education system. So kendo and judo were among those, mm -hmm. those martial arts that was incorporated. So it's almost kind of like the, uh, the descendants of something to, in order to preserve the actual culture kind of thing. Is right. that sort of what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Which is also interesting because like some of those old, like what we call kodyu, those classical styles of martial arts, they still exist today. They haven't, they mm -hmm. never went away. That's hmm. the thing, they never went away. They're also still still practicing as well, and we actually practice one um, mm -hmm. called uh, Muso Jigiten Asian New Iaido, which is a style of using a real sword but not sparring. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So is that? Because I remember the term katas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's is kata that, based. So you're okay. So you kind yeah. of do. We have kata and kendo also, okay. but it's paired. So you're not doing it alone. You're doing it with a partner. Okay. You want to explain what a kata? Kata is a paired form of practice using, uh, well, in kendo, we use a solid wooden sword as opposed to a flexible bamboo practice sword, and it's used to teach strategy and more realistic situations in swordsmanship, so how you would want to fight someone with a real sword. But uh, more than that, it's, it's, a, it's a learning tool to teach the strategies that we use in our own practice. It's a basic form of, like, prearranged set of motions, basically. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So, are there competitions? Where Where do you all oh, go yes. for competitions? Oh, yeah. oh yes. Um, right. The region, we're, we're part of the All-United States Kendo Federation, which is also part of the Federation for International Kendo. Yep. You're saying that right? F-I-K this yep. time? Okay. <laughs> so, um, I always get that wrong. So, uh, the, the federation that we're part of is the Southwest Kendo and Iaido Federation, and that uh, covers, I'm probably going to leave a state out here, but Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico, Nebraska, and if there were dojo in Kansas, there as well, as well as a few outliers. So it's a massive, massive chunk of the, the Midwest and Southwest. Uh, in this region, we have several tournaments set up in the fall and in the spring, and we're looking to do more all the time. So uh, kendo is, is getting more popular, uh, especially in this region, and we're looking for more opportunities to meet up and compete. But aside from just competitions, we also do testings and seminars and things like that together. Right. Same as any other martial art. Kendo, okay. in terms of like martial arts, is kind of unique in that it's very centralized. Um, mm -hmm. There's only like only one 
uh, a governing body over the entire country. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to go take an exam, you have to go to an examination location and then hmm. get tested by five independent instructors that probably aren't affiliated or who you won't you. know. Yeah, you probably won't know. them. Yeah. And they'll do a performance exam, a written exam, uh, a physical exam, and then, you know, a kata exam. So what written exam? Like, mm-hmm. So do you have to? <laughs> yeah. So it's like you know, knowledge based exam. They'll give you like essay format, and you have to figure out you know, okay, write this, you know, describe what the kikan taichi means or something like that, and you have to, have to write an essay out for them. Yeah. Wow. So it's there's a sparring portion of the exam where you have to demonstrate the application of the technique you've learned at an equivalent level. So not against someone who isn't as good as you, someone who's not hilariously better than you, someone who's presumably at your level. There's the kata portion, which is the demonstration of uh, strategy uh, using the wooden sword. And then there's the written exam if you pass that. So there's several layers to the assessment. Unlike other martial arts, we don't actually wear any rank signifier. I was um, just about to ask that. Okay. In, in kendo, uh, the typical, the general uniform is either all navy and that's it. The yeah. only rank signifier you get is a, a piece of paper that you hang on your wall. Like yeah, a diploma. I've, I've okay. heard it said that like it's similar to wrestling in that regard. Like you have, you know, categories in wrestling and you don't wear them on the outside of your uniform. It's the same same kind of idea. And the ranks are kind of historically kind of neat. Um, like we said, you know, kendo was incorporated into the education system. But the rank system itself was based off of a chess game in Japan called Go. So that's where oh, yeah. all of the ranks are based off of is, you know, how you would delineate who's a more uh, uh, advanced practitioner versus a novice practitioner. Huh, interesting. So <laughs> that's where the, it comes from. We don't have any, like, fancy backstory, okay. unfortunately. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's pretty cool. But uh, so I want to talk about a little more about the competition. Whenever, so whenever you're sparring someone, how, how does that work? So in kendo, uh, one, one comparison to Western fencing between, uh, that, that we can make in kendo is that there are prearranged target areas on the human body. And we cover them using what Shaw was referring to earlier as bogu, which is like armor, protective armor. So we're not striking just anywhere. You have to make attacks at a directed uh, target. And based on the quality of the attack, you'll be either awarded ippon or you just have to, which is a point, or you just have to keep fighting. So when we're sparring, we're making like specified attacks to those target areas. But um, one thing I do want to point out is that because we're using safety equipment, we get to sort of attack with a great deal of physical vigor because it's ah, safe. Yeah, that's okay. why we wear that stuff. So in competition, um, you have to make an attack. It's not enough to just touch a target and kind of get lucky. You have to demonstrate. He kind of mentioned this earlier. It's called ki ken tai ichi. Ki is your spirit. Uh, ken is, is how you're using the sword. Uh, tai is the position of your body. And ichi means one. So you have to call the target with your, like a vocalization, like a really loud shout. Your body has to be in an upright position, basically, not like bent over or crooked or anything like that. Uh, you can't look like that you're shying away from the fight. And then you have to be hitting with the right part of the sword. So it's not just any part of the, the bamboo practice sword that we use. It's the very last third, which would be sharpest and moving fastest. And until a point is scored, there are three judges in a competition. The match just keeps going. So it's a fight. Um, they, we don't have like a piece like you would have in uh, I hope I said that right, but we don't have we don't have a, a, a lane like you would have in Western fencing. We have more of a square, and the combat can range all over the square. There, you know, you can go out of bounds, you can get fouls, and there are rules, but the rules are more based around what counts as a point and what does not. In kendo, you are allowed to do pushing and shoving to it to an extent. It's kind of huh. a gray area in in mm-hmm. kendo is that a certain amount of grappling or pushing is allowed. 
Um, mm -hmm. One other thing that's interesting and unique about kendo is that uh, there is no weight classes, no weight divisions. So mm -hmm. you can have somebody like my size against somebody that's uh, Mike, Michael's size. Michael, by the way, how tall are you? Like six, I'm, I'm six two. Six two, I'm six and two. I'm five seven. So yeah. we, we we can compete. Happens against. all the time. Yeah. Okay, yeah, happens you, all the time. It's a very regular occurrence, especially in America, because you know we have people like Michael who are very tall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the one that's one aspect. Getting back to the the cool parts of the practice is because it's relatively safe, anyone can do it. So even in our dojo, we have uh, kids. So I think our youngest is five. Uh, yeah, yeah. Five. Okay. Five. And then one of our older members is in his late sixties as well. So hmm. um, it, because it's safe and because we're using all this really cool equipment and armor and the, the practice swords, uh, it's very accessible for most people. And that's even in competition as well. Okay. So, I mean, you would have some, you could have someone that's 60 versus someone that's 20. Yeah. And it wouldn't necessarily be a huge advantage because it's, is it more? It's more about technique than uh, it is about brute force kind it, of thing. Experience and technique, yes. Um, your brute force, power, and speed. I mean, you can't knock those. Right. <laughs> so those I are mean, good. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not enough. It's it's not enough uh, because we're we're going for like the ippon means like uh, in kendo would be like a perfect technique. I, I use this this comparison all the time, but like in boxing, it would be like only scoring knockouts. Perfect knockout punches where the guy doesn't get hmm. back up. That would be a point in kendo. And it's not that the other things that we do wouldn't count in a real fight. It's just that that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for like a super high level of practice. And for that reason, the longer time, figuratively speaking, you have in the saddle, the more dangerous you are. Uh, in the last major tournament in Dallas, Texas, it's <laughs> it's a heart surgeon who won first place in the instructor's division. Oh, and I believe he's in his, he's going to get mad at me. I believe he's in his late 50s. Maybe early 60s, but yeah, he... Sorry, Kajatani-sensei. Yeah, sorry. Um, but uh, he, he absolutely, uh, I mean, he, he was fighting people that were, you know, 20, 30 years younger than him, no problem. Yeah. It's because he knows what he's doing. We have the great equalizer, which is that long three-foot, like, sword that we have to carry in front of you. So regardless of even how strong or fast you are, you still have to tra travel, like, about six feet of distance. And that's what, you know, makes it able to have uh, kids against adults and still... Mm -hmm able to compete and the older people are so good at reading what you're thinking and what you're going to do uh, you remember i mentioned there are four target areas well they've they've been hitting those, those uh, it's the top of the head which is the men uh from temple to temple in the front uh the wrists just above the hands until about the forearm like that six inch portion of your wrist which is called kote okay. on both wrists the sides of the flanks which is called do and then the target right around the uh, your Adam's apple, which is called ski, and that's vulnerable to a thrust. And the older people that have been practicing a long time, I mean, because there's four target areas, they've seen so many thousands of variations in those attacks that they know what you're doing, and they can even know what you're feeling, and like based on reading what you're doing. And it's, so it's very easy for them to just pick you apart with what they understand about how people are in the practice. Hmm. So going back to what I said in the beginning, you know, kendo is a way of, of examining yourself and, and building up who you are as a human being. That's part of it. And the sensei, the really strong ones, they know what's going on. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's the the, my dad always likes to say that, you know, youth and enthusiasm will always fall victim to old age and treachery. <laughs> and that's exactly what they do. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is like fighting Yoda. We just did a Star Wars camp, so I'm going to throw in some Star Wars. Or that other guy. Yeah, or that other guy, yeah. Darth Vader. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, when you go against a really experienced older sensei, it really does feel like that. There's nothing you can do that you already figured out. They figured you out the moment you stood up. Yeah. And 
That's it. It's done. It's a very humbling experience, to put it politely. <laughs> yeah, very humbling. And I think I think what caught my attention that you said is is because I did a little bit of karate, and I remember, if I remember correctly, it was you know you you kind of spar and go at each other for two minutes, and then you count up the points at the end. Someone's judging that, but you're saying that since points aren't scored very often, you just go until one is scored. Yeah, I mean, the, how long can that go? Uh, it depends on the tournament. Uh, standard match length for most adult tournaments is three to five minutes, and okay. there are there are uh, three points in a match. Whoever gets the first two wins, or whoever has one at the conclusion of the time. So okay. basically, if, if we're fighting and you get the first point and five minutes elapses, then you're the victor. Okay. If you score and then I score, then we'll maybe fight into overtime or the match will be a draw, depending on the circumstances of the tournament. So um, how that works is when someone gets a point, like a, there's three judges that are scoring the match and that will stop the match and then award the point and the fight picks right up. So it's very intense. Uh, it's called Shi'ai in Kendo. It's a very intense experience that sounds intense yeah. yeah it's a fight and uh so you, you said something about a star wars camp can i take a wild guess that that is uh to attract the youth maybe oh yeah good yeah. guess yeah. Yeah. so we do a uh, a star wars themed kendo camp uh here at camp shalom at the charles schusterman jewish community center uh we do it for a week long uh, every summer and we just got we just finished uh our, our first week of it and it's it was for ages uh, third grade through sixth grade yeah like, a lot of fun. I got to watch some clips, tie in Kendo and Star Wars. And there's actually a great ESPN documentary about exactly that, Kendo and Star Wars, and how it influenced a lot of the lightsaber fighting. So yeah, really? light, lightsaber yeah. fighting comes from Kendo. Oh, okay. I'm wow. saying that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, saying I'm that. sure there are people out there that are going to disagree with me, but that's what I'm saying. I've seen too well, much. It certainly Kendo doesn't look like fencing. I, we watched the clips from the first three. You know, the that's the New too. Hope that's and uh, yeah, New Hope and Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And there's a tremendous amount of the the old Jedi Geki movies and stuff like that yeah. from uh, you know Akira Kurosawa in those movies. And Kendo plays a big role yeah. in all that stuff. So. I guess that makes sense. George Lucas. Wasn't he like heavily influenced by oh, yes, Eastern yes. mysticism Mark, in general? Mark Hamill practiced kendo when he was a kid living oh. in Japan. Even the, uh, the term mm -hmm. Jedi. Um, in Japanese, we have a term called Jidai Geki. Jidai means like period. So period films that references samurai movies. So Jedi oh. comes from that. Ah, and wow. George Lucas 100% knows that. <laughs> he knows that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, go watch A Hidden Fortress and then you'll, you'll see the parallels. Yeah. The Hidden Fortress? What's yeah, it? it's a, a, a Kira Kurosawa film, a okay. samurai yeah. film Okay. called The Hidden Fortress, very similar to uh, Star Wars, the, the first one, mm -hmm. the original one. Yeah. So let's talk about your both of your origin stories. How did you find out about this? <laughs> How did you get into it? Because, uh, I mean, it seems like it's really cool, but it seems like something that, you know, obviously not everyone hears irregular. about Irregular. Yeah. <laughs> irregular. Yeah. Well, uh, for me, you know, my background, my parents are both Japanese, and, but I grew up in America. Okay. So I, I already kind of knew what kendo was my whole life. But I uh, got to first try it out when I was in college. And, you know, I started out with a couple of my friends to do kendo, and we joined up, and we still do it together. I mean, he still does it. So that's, oh, that's my origin that's story. Cool. It's pretty, pretty simple. Learned it in college. Was that to you? Uh, no, I was oh. uh, up in uh, upstate New York. And uh, oh. Rochester Institute of Technology. He's Can an I ask how you ended up here? I always uh, ask people that that were like from the coast or something. Like, how did oh, you sure. end up in Tulsa? Yeah, um, my first job was uh, working in Oklahoma City at a company called Century Martial Arts. It's like the largest uh, 
retailer for martial arts equipment in the, the world, actually. And uh, yeah, that's where I, I started working. And that's how I met Mike, Michael, was moving over to Oklahoma City and then, you know, doing kendo there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Do you still work there? Uh, no, no. I work for Zebco now in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Ah, cool. Doing the uh, same thing, uh, product development and design. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. And what's what's your history? <laughs> okay. Um, ever since I was a kid, I wanted to practice kendo. I wanted to learn some type of swordsmanship. And I, I did, you know, karate when I was younger, starting when I was, like, really, really little at places in Sepulpa. I'm, I'm from originally Creek County, oh, uh, cool, west cool. of the river. And there's there's no really – there was never anywhere that we could, we could learn here. And so uh, when I graduated from high school, um, I followed my sweetheart – to Shawnee, Oklahoma, uh, to St. Gregory's University, which was only about 45 minutes away from Oklahoma City, which is where Oklahoma's first ever kendo dojo, the Senshi Khan Dojo, is located. And at that place, I met my teacher. Uh, his name is um, Abe Koki Sensei, just Koki Abe, in, you know, here in the U.S. Okay. And he just changed my life. Uh, he, was, he was kind of the person that I was looking for and, and didn't know it. And uh, he, was, he was better at everything, and I just hmm. wanted to be more like him. And uh, he had to leave to go back to Japan. He was an exchange student in uh, Norman at OSU. And he left in 2006, and it was a very tearful farewell. And we knew that uh, the dojo that he started, the, the secondary dojo to Senshin Khan, uh, wasn't probably going to make it. Mm-hmm. And so before he left, he admonished me to start a club where I could continue my practice. And YouTube was a kind of brand new thing. And so what we would do is uh, me and a very small group of people would have practice at the University of Tulsa, and we would film our practices and upload all those videos, and then he would leave feedback. And uh, that he got us plugged into the, the regional federation, and everything kind of went from there. But uh, for me, uh, kendo, kendo is a really big part of my life. I'm, I'm thinking, we're both thinking about kendo all the time. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking about kendo all the time. Um, I got really, really, really sick in 2014 and I had to have a lot of uh, I had I think four midline abdominal surgeries and then seven operations total I think I've been under anesthesia 16 times I think I'm I'm losing parts of my memory (laughs) because of it but um, what the the concepts and the principles that I learned in kendo and the relationships I made along the way uh, got me through and I can't I can't separate myself from it anymore and Mm. as as long as I'm around I want to be practicing kendo or be connected to kendo somehow so that's my story and now you get to be that person for other people that that's are learning how to with any luck yeah. with any luck, with any yeah. luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my sensei still like we still talk all the time so i mean oh, yeah. i still have to meet his standard as well ah, it's actually been a huge help for us uh, training yeah. us and checking in on us and make sure we're not screwing up <laughs> yeah in, um, in 2011 uh, I took a trip to visit him in Japan and to visit his sensei as well his sensei is uh, his name is uh, Iwanami Yosho sensei and they're out of Kanagawa Japan and Iwanami sensei is a or was a highway patrolman there so there's a policeman and, and policemen in Japan mainly practice kendo some practice judo but that's one of the like mm. what we were saying that's the martial art of the police force uh, kendo in particular and so they are hilariously good they're mm. hilariously good. And for whatever reason, after that visit, Iwanami Sensei just took an interest in practicing with us and just decided to start visiting. And so every oh. two years, uh, we just had we just hosted him last fall. Every two years, he and my teacher come and visit from Japan. Uh, we have a big seminar that's open to everyone in the region. Actually, anybody in the U.S. can come and learn from them. 
But that's We're so thankful. I mean, he yeah. he does it just out of his own pocket too, just to come down to America yeah. and teach us, make sure we're doing okay. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's so cool. Yeah, it's it's samurai behavior. It's the <laughs> only it's the only way I can explain it. And they're they're incredible teachers and they're incredible role models as well. We wanna we wanna be more like them, basically. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, do you all like what what events do you have coming up that you? Oh, so we have a uh, an event coming up. Uh, it's the uh, All USKF um, Summer uh, Camp going on in August. Uh, I think it's 16th through the 18th. Uh, that's going to be in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, we got events going on all the time, though. Um, we have another one uh, in October. It's going to be the uh, what's it called? The Gathering Place is doing an Asian festival. Uh, we got invited to do a demonstration there as well. Cool. Yeah. Oh man, we when will. is that going to be? Um, that's going to be in October. I think it's fifth. It's it's kind of okay. a ways out. Yeah. And then um, we also have a run coming up uh, this Saturday. Uh, yeah, we're doing the uh, the Run with a Hero 5K in Mohawk Park uh, just to support the community a bit. We like to do as much community outreach as possible. And to be honest, doing runs, just sweating it out with people is a good way to do it's that. <laughs> and uh, we do also have a demonstration at the Tokyo and Tulsa Anime oh, yes, Convention yeah. coming up in July. I believe that's the oh, weekend nice. of the 12th. And we'll be doing a panel with uh, a local uh, jiu-jitsu instructor, who's yeah. Thomas Williams at Balanced Bodies Jiu-Jitsu. And that is going to be something to catch yeah. if He's you a were fantastic there. Instructor. That's just like two or three weeks from now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And Sorry, where did you say that was going to be? Uh, the Tokyo and Tulsa Anime Convention. Convention. Or yeah. like, but where, where do they hold that? Uh, it's in Broken Arrow. I believe it's going to be at the Stony Creek, Stony Creek uh, Hotel, Hotel and Convention Center. Hmm. Yeah, but it's changed locations this year. Yeah, you can okay. you can easily find that with the the Google search. It's a really popular convention, and uh, we we go. We've been going to that particular convention since 2009, and we try to just interact with the community and meet new people, and make friends all day. And uh, if you're there. Uh, please stop on by, but for sure come out to the demos and you won't want to miss that panel because you're going to get to hear about Kendo, Iaido, and uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Judo from people that are really crazy nerds about it. All right. Yeah. So as far as your own practices go, how often do you have them? Oh, so we practice uh, every Tuesday, Thursday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, and, you know, it's it's uh, the way we format our practice. Basically, anyone can come. Um, we're Next time we're introducing a, a beginners is July, and uh, uh, you know the way the practice format is: you do basic stretches, uh, basic footwork drills, basic swings, and then we'll go into like paired exercises. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, we we try to make the practice accessible uh, for most people. We we could have a practice that's geared towards winning competitions. Or, you know, we could have a practice that's only geared towards doing kata or things like that. But we try to do what our teachers in uh, Kanagawa are doing. And their practice focuses on, you know, learning the principles and applications of the sword. So there's a lot of that old swordsmanship cool stuff in, yeah. in our practice, uh, as opposed to a lot of dojos in the Federation. Everyone does things differently, and we're mostly just copying what our teachers do. And that's across the board true for anybody in, yeah. in Kendo. But uh, Iwanami-sensei is, is super serious about teaching the values of swordsmanship and so that's what we try to do here cool so i mean people they don't have to contact you or anything they can just show up on tuesday or thursday if they're interested yeah again july is when we'll accept uh, new new teach uh, mm -hmm. new beginners we do uh, it every two months we'll uh, allow beginners to come in uh, oh, that cool. way there's cool. no we don't just have random people showing up in the middle of like a, getting yeah. ready for a competition or something. That makes yeah. sense. There's only that two of sense. us, and we want to have a chance to acclimate people. It's a very new experience, and a lot of the class is in Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, just to give you sort of a, more attention in the beginning so that you're comfortable moving forward with the practices is nice. what we usually do. 
Where does one get this gear? Because that's a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a lot yeah. of stuff. Uh, it's guys... very specialized, and most of it comes from Japan or Korea. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Honestly. Um, we have some distributors here in America, mm-hmm. but uh, again, they're still getting it from either Japan, uh, I should say Japan, China, or Korea. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And as is true with many things, uh, you get what you pay for with it. And so you want to make sure you get the right thing for the money. No, I mean, that would make sense. If I'm going to be, you know, being hit with a piece of wood, I want it to be some good padding that's yeah. on my body. You want to you shell out a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of uh, idiosyncrasies that only, like, instructors will be able to tell you what, you know, like, mm-hmm. trained instructors can tell you. Over the, well, you don't want to get that because it's designed for, like, really lightweight competition or that one's designed for, like, really regular practice, right? Yeah. You, know, you want to consult with your teacher. And we don't, we don't just throw people into the, the armor right off the the bat that would be crazy there's there's no way that you're going to have long-term success if if you do that so Mm. that's what that that learning period is for is to teach the basics so that if you want to pursue kendo then you'll have success throughout your practice that kind of makes sense because you kind of figure out what it's about if you like it then you can invest in the equipment kind of thing rather than okay yeah i don't i don't want kids reading you know like Ralph Waldo Emerson in, in third grade. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want them to do that. That's, that's the analogy I'm going to make. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, do you still have that YouTube channel? You still, is there something you want to plug some sort of social media you want to, uh, we get do out there? have, we do have an Instagram account, which yeah, is, is uh, uh, Tulsa Kendo, Tulsa Kendo, easy to find. Uh, our website is TulsaKendo.com. Yeah, very easy to find. Um, any kind of news or any kind of, uh, event that we're, hosting will be on there. We do have a Facebook group, but that's more limited towards communicating with our members. And uh, the main thing is on the website, there's a comment box. And if you have any questions about the practice or you want to talk to either Furukawa Sensei or myself, then you can always write to us on there and it goes straight straight to our inbox and we'll be happy to get back with you. Cool. Yeah. Two-man operation. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. We're really small. Yeah. Oh, we're also a but powerful. Uh, non- yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're also a nonprofit group, a nonprofit dojo. So yeah. Michael and I, we don't get any payment for teaching kendo. Really? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. we, we uh, just work out of this uh, community center, the Charles Schusterman Jewish Community Center. So all you do if you want to do kendo is you just sign up for them and you get uh, access to the gym, the pool. I just found out this week that there's an indoor pool here. And yeah. They got a full like <laughs> gym, basketball courts, jacuzzis, like sauna, hot tubs, and it's pretty nice. Yeah, this is quite the quite the place. Yeah. And, and you get kendo, and you get iaido, and it's a uh, single adult is 36, 33, uh, 38, 38, 38, 33. I always mess that up it. too. That's not bad. No, that's not bad at all. Very reasonable. Very yeah. reasonable for what yeah. you get. Well, I mean, you got any last thoughts or anything? You got anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? Um, we're we're very happy to do whatever we can for Tulsa and yeah. for the community. Uh, that's one of the values that we were talking about. So um, we're if, if you want us to come out and do demonstrations for you, if there's any kind of community outreach that you wanna you wanna see if we'd be interested in, in being part of, then please get into contact with uh, Shaw or myself, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll be happy to work together towards bettering this place. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for having us yeah, on. Thank Tulsa you very Lady. much. No, I mean, what you guys are doing is super cool. I was, whenever you messaged me, I was like, oh man, I got to talk to these guys. <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> so thank you very much for sitting down with me, taking the time. You guys have a good practice tonight. Uh, thank thank you, you. And that wraps it up for this edition of Tulsa Lately. Once again, you can find them at Tulsa underscore Kendo on Instagram. And if you search Tulsa Kendo on Facebook, you can find them there as well. Coming on down the old pipeline, next Tuesday, I speak with the first ever band to be featured on Tulsa Lately. The first ever local band. They are Golden Ones. 
And I saw them a few months back, and that's whenever I heard of them, and I knew I had to talk to them at some point. The only way that I can describe them is that they rock. If you're like me, sometimes you listen to alternative and modern rock music, and you just kind of think, where has the guitar solo gone? What happened to the guitar solo? Well, Golden Ones are on a mission to bring it back. Very heavily influenced by the sort of 70s and 80s style rock and roll. They've got the look, they've got the attitude, they've got the commanding stage presence. I can't talk them up enough. They've got an EP out on Spotify. I mean, check it out now. You don't have to listen to the interview to check out their music, but they were hilarious, so you, I guess, also don't want to miss the interview. Anyway, yeah, that'll be next Tuesday. As always, you can follow me, Tulsa Lately, on Instagram, as well as on Facebook. I've got a website, TulsaLately.com, and you can find past, present, and future episodes on Soundstooth, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all the important ones. And if you would like to advertise on the show, or if you or someone you know wants to be featured on the show, send me a message on social media, any of the aforementioned accounts, or my email, TulsaLately at gmail.com. And I guess that's it. So with all that being said, Tulsa and surrounding areas, y'all around.